Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I'm your host, Randy Lee Boslaw. On the show, we interview other writers and we talk about mental health from their personal journeys. If you have not already hit that like and subscribe button, go ahead, do that now so that you never miss an episode. Welcome. So today we have Ulrika with us. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Randy? I'm good. So you said um, good afternoon when you got on. So where are you visiting from? I'm Stockholm, Sweden, the um, northern of Europe, where uh, the Vikings are from and the uh, Aurora Borealis, the northern lights. Oh, that'd be so pretty. Yeah. Nice. um, Yeah, some from the capital of Stockholm. Oh, very nice. Um. So I think you are the first person from Sweden to be on the show. We've had Greece, I think Italy, Ireland, Australia. But yeah, I think you're the first from there. So excellent. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, that's a question. It's not so simple, is it? Like, uh, isn't that the whole purpose of life to discover who you truly are? <laughs> I always say this is the hardest question of the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. It's it's like an ongoing process to to peel. It's like peeling the onion, you know, layers after layers to discover who you really are. But uh, now I'm a single mom to two teenagers. I'm an international author. I'm a yoga therapist. I'm a soul coach, a reader of the Akashic Records, and I'm a spiritual teacher, spiritual healer. Okay, so that's what you do, but who are you? I am an intuitive empath. I'm very sensitive. I am I am ahead of my time, at least here in Sweden. Uh, so like what I've been talking about for years, uh, now people are finally waking up or knowing what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. I'm very yes I'm very sensitive and I'm very intuitive and I am yeah work in progress (laughs) I I like that work in progress so you said that you had kids how many do you have I have two teenagers so one is 19 I just joined the military service here in Sweden and uh, my girl is 17, so, um, yeah. Oh, growing up. So yeah. Big. Yes, my baby just turned 16, so. Whew, I can't believe how big they get so fast. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, time is re- relative, we know that. But it, when it's like, like when you're looking at your kids that you really realize that, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Time is passing by and, uh, and you st- I still feel like... In my soul, I'm, you know, probably millions of years old. In my body, I'm 51. And, <laughs> and but when I see my kids, I still feel like I'm like 30 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, I can remember just like, it wasn't that long ago that you were this little, like, it's just you were tiny. Yeah. I know. And you got to hug and, you know, show your appreciation. Your appreciation. Yeah, as much as you wanted. Now it's like, yeah, mm, uh, what do you want? Right, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a teenager, I know everything about everything. Yeah. Yes, anyways. Um, so let's get into the episode. What mental health uh, are we going to be talking about today? 
Well, perhaps my experience of being uh, burnouts and having severe eating disorders, panic attacks, and also being suicidal. Yes. Yeah, you had a very interesting application, um, pre-questions. So I was excited to, to finally meet you. Um, so start your story wherever it makes the most sense. Mm, yes, it's been it's been like a long way back, uh, and like in a distance, the the journey have been moving from my headspace down into my heart space. So physically, maybe not so long, but it's been a very like <laughs> arduous and um, and challenging way back to life. Uh, so obviously, I'm sitting here now uh, on the other other side, but uh, when I was feeling the worst then I was sleeping 15 minutes per night and like I just want to share with you my autobiography called 247 AM the journey home to my heart and this is my story back from being depressed and suicidal and where I only slept 15 minutes per night I could not imagine that like I couldn't even imagine it because if I don't have eight hours I am I feel sick, like physically sick. Yeah, and you get you get sick if you don't. I mean, fifteen minutes per night, it's it's nothing. And those fifteen minutes, I had these every night. I woke up at two forty-seven a.m. as my book, uh, the book of my the book title, and I was waking up from being murdered and slaughtered and tortured every night. So there was blood splattering, and I was, I was being killed every night so not only are you not sleeping but you're being oh my gosh so I woke up every night with you know a pounding heart and I was really disorientated and I woke up every night with a silent scream you know wondering where I was Mm -hmm. and I had this stale taste of blood in my mouth and uh, I was all sweaty and then I you know the first thing that I saw when I when I opened my eyes uh, in this disorientation state uh, was the alarm clock saying it was 2.47. Oh, okay. And so then I knew that I had only slept 15 minutes because the last time that I looked at the alarm clock, it was 2.32. Um, wow. And how long did that go on for? Years. How did like you... A decade, yeah. How did you manage with it going on I, that long? I didn't manage. I when when yeah. you have so little sleep, obviously it affects you in all the areas. And, and and at first I just adapted to, you know, I had a hard time falling asleep, and then I adapted to that. And then I woke up in the nights uh, earlier and earlier, and then I stayed awake, and so I adapted to that. So this was like you know a gradual descending into this poor sleep. So, but mm. I had the signals, I had information, but I, I didn't have the opportunity back then to to understand the signals from my body or the signals from, you know, from my life saying that this is not good. Hey, you better stop. So I just yes. kept pushing myself. I kept pushing myself. My I, I had really high inner demands on myself, being the good girl, driving mm. uh, myself, pushing myself, always being on the move, on the go, being busy, glorified 
the term being busy. Yeah. And so this happened gradually and 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 eventually it it got me in in this state where I was I was like a junkie so I couldn't oh I couldn't hear any you know hard or or direct sound I was like you know my nerve system was like firing all the time That makes and sense. Was, yeah, yep. and I was very sensitive for light uh, so I couldn't even you know hear my babies at the time crying because then I was really oh, ag- no. aggravated and uh, I lost uh, cognitive abilities uh, obviously I was depressed I had a lot of eczema I had uh, IBS I had panic attacks I had so many weird symptoms wow and I still I didn't realize that I was sick still with all of that happening no. so what actually happened to make you realize that you were sick so I went to a therapist at the time uh, I had gotten that from from my from my work as I was being home you know uh, no I wasn't being at home for the time but they they felt that I was really you know um, depressed all the time and I was so stressed and I was like so I had a therapist and I, I went there and and she told me, hey, listen, you're sleeping like 15 minutes per night. You are, your nervous system is totally wore down and you are, you, you just, yeah. you look terrible. You look terrible. And you, maybe you should just take a week off. And I was like, oh, okay, but I don't have a cold. I'm not sick. Okay, maybe I can take a week off. And I was relieved, you know, that somebody else told me that I had the permission to take one week off. I love the way that you said that, because I think for a lot of us, that's what we need. We need somebody else to give us, like you said, the permission to take the time that we need to take care of ourselves. Because without that, it almost feels like, because I've been there, it almost feels like we're not doing everything we're supposed to do because we have to take care of the kids or go to work or clean the house or whatever all those other things are and if we don't do those things then we're not doing what we're supposed to do and we can't give ourselves the permission to take the time so when somebody else gives you that permission it makes a huge difference Exactly. And this is our like the deep programming that we have in the Western countries. Yeah. So really deep unconscious programming. Anyway, I believed my programming at the time. So I was like, oh, okay. Because I hated my job. I, I just hated it. So it was I wasn't it wasn't a job that I was passionate about. I, I hated my job. And it was like, okay, she says that I don't have to go to, to my job for a week. So then it's okay. Uh, so I went, was home a week and this week turned into month and the month turned into year and years. And I was, you know, because I, I have, I, I'm a yogi from the beginning uh, and uh, in the yogic perspective, we're talking about different elements. We're talking about, you know, air, water, mm-hmm. earth, fire. And I have a lot of fire in my bodily constitution. So I have a lot of drive. I have a lot of ambition. I have a lot of power. I have a lot of. Uh, stamina and endurance so not only that I you know pushed myself you know over my own limits again and again and again and again Mm -hmm. I I totally smashed the wall so I 
when I stayed at home and then everything just, and I told my husband one day, he didn't know that, you know, I was being suicidal. He didn't know that I was being murdered every night next oh, to him. Oh, wow. So he, I kept this t- to myself. I just told him, I'm very, very, very tired. I need to go away. And at this time, my baby girl was perhaps three, four months. Okay. And my older son, he was like two years then. Okay. So I just said to my husband at the time that I, I just, I'm so tired. I just need to go, you know, by myself. So yep. I went to my parents' cabin in the Swedish archipelago. Ooh, that this sounds was, nice. It was very nice. So this was in the winter time, and I was so sensitive for sounds and light. So I turned off the fridge. I couldn't even have the fridge on. I oh off. wow, so very I, I, sensitive. Yeah, I turned off every. I turned off the electricity because I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear anything. I was wow. like this, you know, firing up, shouting and screaming. So I'm going out there. Um, to my parents' cabin and thinking, finally, I get to have some, you know, me time and finally Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to sleep. And that night I woke up 2.47 a.m. again and with the most horrific dream ever. And I, I knew it was, you know, meaningless trying to get back to sleep. I was all sweaty um, oh no! Just lying there awake in this cold room in the middle of the winter since I turned off the electricity. Oh yes. And then you know, in the morning, it, in Sweden here, it's very dark. I bet it's like in Canada. Probably in the winter time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in the morning, finally, some some sunlight started to come at nine o'clock. So I've been lying there, you know, for six hours, stiff like a wow, like a like a stick. And then I had this really, really weird feeling inside. It felt like I was a volcano that was about to have an eruption. And I oh. was so scared. I didn't know what it was. I I didn't recognize it. And I so I tried to keep myself busy uh, because I've always had eating disorders as well. And eating disorders was one way at the time trying to control, think that I had the control. So and I've, a, I've heard a lot of the guests say that, that the eating disorder is their way of controlling what is happening. Yep. yep. So you it's had... A of having control. Yes. Yeah. So you said you had the eating disorder for a long time. Was the eating disorder prior to um, the sleep issues or... They walk hand in hand. Like, okay. Uh, like my mother... She was always telling me, you know, when I was a little kid, that she was fat. Okay. So I had heard this my whole life, and and I, I I have never been fat, you know, I have never been big, but in my own point of view, I was never good enough. I was never pretty. I was never yeah good. So I always had to try really hard to be good, or to strive to be pretty, or strive to be happy, or whatever. So mm-hmm. everything was like a big competition to me. And comparison, I always compared myself to others, and I always lost. Yes. And on that note, that's the exact same thing I did. And growing up, my mom, my mom never called herself fat, but she would say things to me. She never directly called me fat. Lately, she's been saying that I have to lose some weight because I'm bigger than I used to be. Not the exact word fat, but it's it's the same thing. 
Um, but she used to say things like, wow, you're, you got boats for feet because my feet were very large. Now they're average size because I've grown. <laughs> but it, it's those things that are said that stick with us. I was always very self-conscious then about my feet because oh, they're boats, they're ginormous. Or the comparison to my cousin. My cousin is, I think she she's almost 10 years older than me now. Um, and I love her to bits, don't get me wrong. But because she was 10 years older and she graduated high school and she went to university and she did this, my mom would always say things like, well, don't you want to be like Amber and go to university? Don't you want to do this? And go, no, I don't. I'm not her. That comparison is really, really um, detrimental. Yeah, and that's also one of the deep unconscious programming that most of us in the Western societies have. Yes. So anyhow, back to the story. So I, I'm lying there, uh, it's like nine o'clock, and I have this feeling that I'm about to have an eruption and I'm about to break. And this feeling totally terrifies me. So I'm moving, I'm just, you know, going out uh, into the Swedish archipelago with the ocean and with the forest and everything and it's a beautiful day you know you can see the sun the sun is shining and these snowflakes are slowly falling down mm. like a like um fairy tale scenery right and then i have this feeling and i can sense that it's like rising within me and then i hear like my cell phone and i pick it up and then it's my friend who knows that i am not well and who knows that I'm sleeping really poorly. And she just says in the text, I love you. And then oh. this interface within me and I just click off the, the message. And I, you know, I'm walking even faster trying to suppress this arising horrific sensation of the unknown. Yeah. And then I hear the cell phone again and I pick it up and I look and it says, I love you from my friend again. And it's like rising and expanding. And now I'm really, really scared. So I just take my cell phone away and I, you know, almost start to run, trying to control, trying in the illusion of having control. And then again, uh, a text saying, I love you. And then I hear, it's like, I basically hear a snap within me. And this unknown is coming and it's, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, the snow is coming up to hit my face. But it's me falling down into the snow. And I have this enormous pain, intense pain in my chest. It's like a dagger, a knife straight in into my chest. And it's such a cruciating pain. So I'm holding my chest as I fall down into the snow. And I think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die here. You know, I'm, I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to yeah. die. Nobody knows where I am. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my children. I had all these thoughts while whilst falling. It felt felt like I was falling in slow motion, but but I didn't. So, yeah. so I'm lying there in the snow, curled up in fetus position, holding my hands over my chest uh, because it feels like my... You know, if I don't, if I don't suppress the 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 pain, I'm gonna be scared in a million pieces. Oh wow! And then I just hear, you know, it seems like such a far distant away. I hear this 
horrifying sound. It it, it feels and it 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 is like the sound of an animal that is dying, oh. and it scares the shit out of me. And I'm lying there, you know, thinking, "Oh my gosh, there's a wolf or something here as well. I'm gonna die, and and then I'm gonna be eaten." Ooh. And then I realized that these noises are coming. They're my noises coming from deep inside of myself. Oh, okay. So I'm lying here and all these, and then, you know, and I hear another snap and then I, I just can't hold back any longer. So mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff is coming up, grunts, howling, uh, primal screams. Uh, I'm crying, like, you know, just, just mm-hmm. flooding from tears. So there I am still lying in fetus position, holding my heart. And uh, with all this pain and all these noises, I'm crying and, and I lose time, uh, lose track of time and space. Yeah. And then hours later, when I come back to my senses, when my tears are finally subsiding and my my howling and shouting and screaming are also subsiding into soft sighs, then I look around myself and it's pitch black. This means that I've been lying there for hours. Oh, wow. In the snow. In the snow. That can't be good. That was my, that was one of my turning points in coming back because after that, for the first time ever, it was completely still in my head and completely still in my heart. So it was like a stillness in expansion and I just felt I just felt that I had died and being reborn. Wow. So from there, um, I have faced a lot of suppressed emotions and feelings and traumas mm-hmm. and had them all, you know, expressed. But that was one one of my turning points. And that's, the, I, I go home, it's pitch black. So, uh, and I... It's like all my senses are so enhanced. So even if it's pitch black, I can see nuances in in the darkness. I can hear like the snowflakes falling. Uh, And I cannot, I cannot walk home fast. I'm walking like in slow motion and I'm just, I'm so perplexed and Mm -hmm. feeling this stillness inside of me that I've never experienced before. Wow. And then I I just go home. I don't turn any lights on. I just go into the shower. I sit there with a hot shower. I'm not cold inside. But I sit there in the hold in the in the hot shower and I have these burning sensations inside of me and a feeling that uh, this was something profound. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what what it means, mm-hmm. but it was something truly profound. So where did where did that take you from there? So that took me uh, into a, a complete sleepless night where I was just sitting in a rocking chair in front of the mirror, uh, or you know, in in a lot of blankets, just staring and just realizing that uh, I can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't go on and live like this anymore because so many times every morning when I wake up, when I woke up and I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror, 
I saw myself and I felt so much hatred towards myself. I felt disdain, self-loathing. And every morning I was standing with my pills in my hands, pills for sleeping disorders, pills for depression, pills for anxiety attacks. Wow. In my hands. And I was like, is this the day that I'm going to take them and just end this? Is this the day? Mm -hmm. So actually I've been literally saved by my kids many times unknowingly to them but uh, Mm -hmm. my young son he came like a couple of times when I was in the bathroom in the mornings and and uh, I was standing there with the pills in my hand just looking is this the day I just I just I can't do one more day like this I can't do Mm -hmm. one more day feeling so imprisoned feeling so much self-hatred feeling so exhausted and he just comes in uh, in the bathroom and tugs tugs my my um, arm with his chubby little arms and says, "Mom, mom." And then I, you know, just I look at the pills and then I put them back into the cabin. So there's so many times that they have saved my lives unknowingly, but this day in the forest was like a turning point for me, realizing that I either, you know. I'm going to kill myself mm-hmm. and that's it. And then I'm of no help to my children Yeah. or I need to do something differently. And I have no clue what, I don't know what it means. I don't know because I have for decades been, you know, full of high inner demands on myself and I suppressed any emotions, suppressed any need that I had it, just suppressed them all. And I, thought that okay I'm suppressing them so they don't exist you know like an mm. putting putting the head in the sand and you know pretend that nothing exists yes because at the time I didn't know this I didn't know that everything is stored I didn't know that everything is stored within the body these unconscious programs or suppressed emotions traumas that everything mm-hmm. is stored in the body I didn't know that at the time obviously yeah so um yeah that was my journey starting to come back uh to me okay and so from there what kind of strategies did you start to use to come back so I've always been a seeker right I've always felt like I don't belong here Uh, I've always felt like uh, I want to go back home uh I I'm not from here from from Originally, I'm as I I'm doing karma clearings, so I'm from another star star system. Uh, but I didn't know that at the time, obviously. But I always had this feeling that I want to go home. I don't belong here. I was so sensitive. I felt everything from everybody all the time, and then I just shut it all down uh, because people told me, "Don't be so sensitive. Don't do that. That mm. don't do that." So. Then my journey started to seek for healing modalities where I could heal okay. myself. So then, then when I found yoga or yoga found me and I have been studying yoga for more than 28 years, but then, wow. it start, then I started to study yoga, the true means of yoga. That means union, union with your, you know, the whole spectra of everything that you are. Not only the good sides, but also the darkness, the wounds, yeah. 
everything, the separation, the separated parts, uh, your different personalities, etc. So, uh, so I I started to to study yoga in different ways, and I I started to study yoga therapist, and then I discovered at the time. I mean, this is two thousand and eight, so it's fourteen years ago. At the time, there were no yoga on the market that were feminine, soft, and for people with a lot of pain in the body or body physically or emotional oh, okay right so then i developed my own kind of yoga yoga for empaths and yoga mm. for yoga for highly sensitive people so i practically and i went to silent retreats uh, where i was sitting in in silence for 10 days mm. you know just moving inwards and finding myself and healing and letting it all out so i so the journey was, you know, to retrieve all these bits and pieces that were scattered of me that I have never expressed before or that I have never acknowledged before. Okay. And so after using these different strategies, did you, do you think other people noticed a difference in you? I don't know if they did, but I noticed. And okay. that's the main thing. That's the main thing for me because, you know, there's always people that have opinions of you, mm-hmm. whether you you give the consent for them to have opinions about you or not. So people always judge you or, or have opinions about you, whether you like it or not. So, but I could, I could start to feel because when I want to stress rehabil- rehabilitation, you know, I've done so many things to, to heal and then to come back to myself, like stress rehabilitation in, in the hospital, sleeping schools, uh, therapy, and then yoga. And I found that the deepest, the deepest and profound healing always occurred within the yoga where body, mind, and spirit connected, right? Not only that you are talking about it and you're healing mentally, or, but you're healing holistically on all the levels. Mm-hmm. So I found out that the yoga that I developed myself healed me. And then I knew because I was still so sick and, you know, so vulnerable and very fragile. So I was too sick to work. So I had to (laughs) develop my own job Mm -hmm. uh, because I couldn't go back to work as a physiotherapist. I couldn't go back to work as a kindergarten uh, preschool teacher so then I had to develop my own kind of, of job. And I was like, okay, I don't know, you know, what am I got? Everything that I've taught, everything that I've done, all my experience up to now are all about being good, uh, perform, mm-hmm. being competitive, uh, doing what others are telling me to do, et cetera, et cetera. So what can I do? So the only thing that came up for me was was yoga. It's not a bad thing. No, not a bad thing. So I everything that I teach today are things that I that I know have healed myself. So I I, I really know it works, right? Mm-hmm. And so and but but on the stress rehabilitation, I got the question like, if you would describe yourself like a soda or like in a bottle, okay. how 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 would you be then? And then I said so. Then and it's like 
tar, like stinky, oh. shitty, black tar, right? But then during my yoga therapy and during my my teacher trainings and the teacher trainings that I did myself by exploring a lot of things, that I noticed that the, the tar, you know, the qualities suddenly started to become more like a fluid or liquid based and then from totally black to nuances of gray and mm-hmm. then you know now it's like transparent with a lot of bubbly and in different colors so <laughs> going from black mm. tar and black shit to transparent so that's been my journey uh, in oh. a metaphorically speaking that's kind of neat so i love asking this question to guess what piece of advice would you give to somebody who is comparing themselves to others? Okay, first of all, so I've I've write uh, I've written four international books and all my books. I'm just gonna so this the first, and then my second, which was named the the book of the year, Holy Fuck and Sacred Water. The I like that title. Everything, yep. And then I was participating here in this book about the potent power of menopause. And then my latest book, which came out now in in June, The Sacred Soul, A Divine Evolution Through Time and Space. So then I would describe you guys who are listening that comparison is an old paradigm energy. It is a low frequent, it is a low frequent energy, unconscious program, and so when you realize that it's a low frequency vibrational energy, then you can choose that you are not doing that anymore. I don't want to participate in this low frequent, low vibrational energy, and it's an old, old unconscious program that we all have. So we won't be the stars that we are because we are all from, we are all stardust, right? We are from the stars. We are from source. So if we compare ourselves, that's just an old program and you can choose if you want to uphold it or you can choose if you want to choose something that is higher vibrational and better for you. I like that. Um, So you showed us all the book covers. Um, and so where do people get a hold of these books? So they're all on Amazon. And if you want a signed copy, then you can just mail me at ullis at ulliskalsson.com. So it's you, double L-I-S. Um, how do you say that in English? The at sign? Yeah, at, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, that's so okay. U double L I S at U double L I S K A R L double S O N dot com, or they are on Amazon. And in these books, especially in these two books, I I write about how polluted we are in ourselves with deep unconscious programming and that we have forgotten that we are from source that we are divine creators 
And this means if we are divine creators, we create our reality, right? So okay. I created my reality uh, in the negative polarity, which I describe here. So we can all create, we can all create experience that we want to, that we want to experience for us to grow. And I needed to be, you know, hitting rock bottom to, so I could grow uh, and to be more aligned with who I am at the soul level. Because when we are aligned, who we are at the soul level, that I'm writing about in these two books, then we don't have these low vibrational frequencies, these low programming, etc. So happiness is always an inside job. I like right? that. Oh, I yeah. like that a lot. And it's a conscious choice. And it all starts with you. And uh, I want to also say that it starts with your breath. Mm -hmm. When we are stressed, when we are depressed, when we are uh, in pain, when we are etc., etc., all of these that we find so much in the Western societies, it limits, it restricts our breathing. And our breathing, breath in Swedish is literally called andetag, which means to connect with spirits. Oh, okay. And, and that means if our breath are limited, or restricted or not being optimal in any way, that means that we are restricted and limited in connection with spirits. Hmm. So this means that we are poor in spirits, right? We are disconnected okay. from spirit. So uh, you need, if you wanna, if you wanna heal on all levels, you need to do holistic disciplines. You cannot only think your way through it because everything is stored within the body it's stored in our cells in our dna which i'm writing about here okay so in, in our dna we have memories of when we were gods and goddesses where we were kings and queens and where we were pre predators and victims and all of these are inside of each and one of us but we have forgotten Okay. So we have all these programmings in us. And this means that our way of thinking, our mindset in Western societies are so polluted by our lifestyles, by how we think about ourselves and others, how we compare to other, you know, our body, ideal weight, earning mm -hmm. big money, etc. Uh, and these thoughts are polluting us. And it keeps us stuck. It keeps us stuck in lower lower vibrational frequencies. So we have to clear out our inner waters and we contain of 75% of water, right? Yes. So that's why holy fuck and sacred water, the sacred connections to everything. Because when we remember who we are and when we reconnect to spirit and to our souls, when we are aligned, these programs, they don't they don't affect us because they are in total different vibrational fields. Okay. Um, and where do people follow you to see what's going to be next? How do you mean? Can you please? Uh, like, yeah. so what social media platforms can people follow you on? I have been heavily censored. <laughs> I, oh, yes. So I'm not even, uh, I don't even have access to my own LinkedIn accounts, but I oh, am on Facebook as Ulrika Ullis Karlsson. It's U-L-R-I-K-A. 
U-L-L-I-S-K-A-R-L-S-O-M. So there I am. Uh, but okay. I have my, my website is is uh, best to get a hold of me, uliskalsen.com. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and we're going to stick those links down in the description below. Um, and that way people can very easily find your website, do what they need to do, get a hold of you. Um, and thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing with us. Thank you so much, Randy. And I just want to finish by saying two things. Uh, one, if if you find yourself being depressed or in a dark space, you can also interpret it as depressed being in a deep rest, mm. right? Which means that there's also opportunity for you to grow. So when you're depressed, that's your opportunity for you to grow, right? That's one much thing. better way of looking at it. Yeah. And the other thing is that uh, when I was depressed and being suicidal, I was listening to opera one day and that day I didn't commit suicide, obviously, because there was somebody there that said something. I can't even remember what it was or who it was, but it resonated with me. It was only one sentence. And so that's why I love to be on podcasts, because if I say one word or one sentence that resonate with you, then I have paid back my karma. Then I have, you know, closed the circle and I have mm-hmm. I have given back what I have received. And that's also one thing to clear out this inner shit is to do karma clearings, which I also do. So please connect with me. And if you have any questions, yeah. I'm here. Excellent. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you, Randy. It was nice to talk to you. As always, thank you so much for the amazing guests that we have on the show. Um, be sure to check out their links down in the description below. If you want to support the channel, go ahead and check out our merch store. We've got some very cool things on there. That's my favorite. Sorry, I'm busy ending the stigma. Um, but there's some other very cool designs. 10% of the proceeds always goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at RV Media because we have some great new shows coming up. And you never want to miss any of those episodes. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. Bye!